Welcome to a new episode of the Retail Podcast by Vue.ai. In this podcast, we speak to leaders in retail that are consistently pushing the needle and at the center of innovation. Today, we're putting the spotlight on Brandverse, the Pakistan's largest and fastest automated production studio for e-commerce content creation. They work with companies in fashion, lifestyle, luxury, homeware brands, and FMCG retailers to help accelerate their digital transformation and help them take their products online through the provision of e-commerce photography services. Through state-of-the-art production facilities, Brandverse helps create compelling digital product experiences and very rich product content that is fast, efficient, and cost-effective. On that note, I'd like to introduce you to today's guest, Reza Mateen. He's the founder and CEO of Brandverse, a serial entrepreneur. Raza has been previously involved in startups in healthcare, retail, and the technology space. Today, he owns an e-commerce enablement startup that seeks to bring millions of small businesses online. With experience across product, marketing, management, and design, Raza's passion for all things digital has seen him previously hold leadership roles at Google and PayPro. We're very excited to have you here chatting with us today, Raza. Thank you for having me. Great. So let's jump right into it. There's sure. been a tremendous increase in the desire and need to go digital and sell online. And uh, most e-commerce retailers today are not fully equipped with the knowledge and content needed to establish their presence uh, on their own. And it's so important that brands tap into product information to enable better digital shopping experiences for customers. So can you tell us a little bit about Brandverse, what you do, and how you're unlocking the ability for any seller to start selling online? Sure. I think, uh, look, um, the challenge that uh, most people uh, underestimate is um, the challenge of sort of readying your product to be sold online and the effort it takes to do that successfully. Um, I think, you know, a lot of attention is paid to how a product is visually packaged. A lot of attention is paid to its design, the way it's even merchandised in store. Uh, but equal attention is also required to, uh, to sort of um, successfully sell products online. And it's not as simple as simply just taking the text on a box and just making sure the same text is uh, available online. It's about ensuring that consumers looking at a purchase online are not at um, a significant disadvantage to a consumer buying offline. Um, what you really wanna make sure is that they have the information that's required um, to be able to make a decision uh, in their best interest. And you know that information is both visual uh, and it's text-based. Uh, it's 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 uh, both functional and it's sort of uh, descriptive, uh, and you know it's 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 certainly not uh, the case of simply uh, copy and pasting your information or just pulling photos or taking a photo and putting it online. And that's the problem that Brandverse is here to solve, which is to really help um, organizations create compelling, comprehensive in-depth product content, visual as well as uh, otherwise, to help them increase the chances uh, and probabilities of success when they're selling online. 
Absolutely. And um, I found it really interesting that you broke it down into two main components for compelling product content, right? One is, of course, visual and one is textual. Um, typically, if a brand were to come to you, what does that journey look like um, in making their experience a lot more wholesome and holistic, right? Do they start off by, um, you know, sharing their catalog with you or is it something that you start helping them out with from the ground up? How does that typically work? Or are there different uh, approaches to different types of brands? So different approaches to different products. Um, you know, if, if, we're, if we're talking about fashion brands, typically they will already be engaged in some form of cataloging online. Um, and, you know, our proposition there is to be able to provide them a higher quality, more efficient, more consistent cataloging solution um, through our sort of automated uh, services. Um, we also uh, hang our hat on cost efficiency um, and operational scale. So, uh, you know, the idea is where others, you know, if you were using an in-house studio or if you were using, um, you know, a, a, a third-party service provider, uh, we, because of our technology-driven core, we're much more able to sort of scale our service offerings to thousands of articles a day as opposed to 60 or 70. Um, um, I, that, that's one side of things. If we're talking about um, the more boring side of the business, which might be photographing cans of soup, et cetera, and whatnot, there we sort of take a whole house approach to it where we ingest the entire catalog for them um, and we maintain it on their behalf. And um, the journey for any brand always starts off typically from the visual aspect because that's where a lot of the core focus is. But once we're able to really engage with clients, they sort of understand that, you know, the image alone can't sell the product. There's typically descriptions, tagging, metadata that is required to help really fill in the gaps of the understanding that simply a photograph can't provide. Um, and, you know, my favorite example of this is for example, weight or size or, um, you know, material descriptions, which a lot of fashion retailers, for whatever reason, um, haven't paid enough attention to and they don't sort of uh, uh, publish. And as a result, when you don't do these things, then um, you end up creating doubt in the minds of your consumer or your sort of customer. And that just sort of counteracts the probabilities or your uh, efforts to uh uh, drive conversions. And, you know, I, I like to say we're in the business of trying to drive trust in transactions through an accurate representation of products. Um, and in doing so, really defeat any doubt there is in that transaction and therefore help uh, boost conversion rates online. You know, I'm going to actually touch a little bit upon the visual aspect before we jump into things like descriptions and metadata and all of that. But um, sure. when it comes to when it comes to just photography, product photography and presentation, there's still a massive gap, right? More often than not, shoppers still are complaining about the fact that they don't really get what they see and the fact that, you know, returns are rampant as well. But there is an opportunity for brands to tap into you know, using technology and making that change. So can you take us through um, how the tech works in powering, you know, this kind of digital photography and presentation? Our sort of approach to this is that we want to bring in, uh, bring cost efficiency and operational efficiency into the uh, um, 
process of bringing um, a lot of these products online, which should allow um, in turn brands to invest much more on the content side, or at least get much more in return for their investments on the content side. Um, The idea being there that if you can reduce the cost effectively per SKU um, for the same three or four images you would have done before, uh, now maybe instead of restricting yourself to a standard side angle, front angle, rear angle, you may actually be able to invest in uh, additional shots that add to the decision support for the consumer and therefore drive more confidence in the sale and hopefully uh, are able to sort of uh, help the consumer understand exactly what they're buying uh, so that it reduces the chances of return. Um, and we do that by, you know, we've made at scale investments in uh, a proprietary workflow solution and um a, uh, you know, automated photography hardware, which allows us to sort of deliver things uh, much more efficiently in terms of time and effort, uh, which results in lower prices. And, uh, but, you know, as a company, we're not sort of uh, satisfied to just sort of hang our hat there. The idea there is, can we partner with companies like View, for example, um, and take the content and start really adding uh, layers of personalization there, whether it's type, of, you know, based on things like the body type, etc., and whatnot, uh, or ethnicity, to further enhance the relevance of the content to the potential consumer, and therefore boost conversion rates. That's a great point you actually brought up there, right? I wanted to um, go into that a little bit. How important? is personalization today in these experiences? I mean, you've been working with different kinds of retailers and uh, you have a sense of what their audience is like and how important it is to make each of these experiences very catered to that audience, right? So can you um, tell us a little bit about, I think what you've heard from your own clients? So I think the thing that I'm most excited about is what personalization could possibly mean for uh, export-oriented clients uh, in our market. Uh, because really for them to be able to harness uh, or achieve success, uh, they need to start really catering to foreign audiences. And the easiest way to do that is to be able to showcase their products uh, in a fashion that resonates with those potential audiences. So, um, you know, I think personalization holds great promise there. Uh, Obviously, uh, not every model uh, is available everywhere in the world. And uh, I think there's a great opportunity here for technology to play a role in bringing uh, personalization at scale uh, to businesses of all sizes. You know, I'd also, I think, I think when you've talked about personalization at scale and being able to kind of cater to different types of markets, um, I almost want to take a step back and zoom out a little bit and also talk about the role of data here and um how data can help make these better decisions, right? For um, for technology that's helping retailers as well as the end consumer. Um, I mean, I think it's a very broad topic, again, data, but how do you think um, organizing this data and structuring it in a way where you can get insights can help, um, you know, the end consumer experience can make sure that consumers keep coming back over and over again and build loyalty, retention, all of that? Look, I think um, 
data is not something new. It's always ex existed around us. Our ability to analyze it at scale and leverage it is um, sort of the uh, opportunity. Um, I think it all starts with really the questions that we ask. And I think um, we, need to, we, we need to make sure that we're always asking the right questions of the data itself. I mean, the data can reveal uh, many, many insights. Uh, but the questions you need to ask is uh, are not something along the lines of how do I grow my business, but it's more to say that uh, if a person buys product A, how likely are they to buy product B and uh, or product C? And if that's the case, then how, why do you know how do we take that insight to really build something like a more powerful recommendation engine, et cetera, and whatnot, and um, really think along the lines of a the lifetime value of the customer and how to optimize it based on investments in things like personalization um, and sort of, uh, uh, you know, artificial intelligence leveraged uh, insights. Uh, what are the possibilities? They're absolutely limitless. And like you said, it's a very, very broad subject. But um, what's very interesting is how eventually a lot of this AI and machine learning based um, uh, intelligence will eventually be uh, much, much more accessible to smaller businesses and the opportunities that that will potentially unlock for economic uplift are much greater than potentially just using it for a large enterprise. So I think that's probably the most exciting promise of AI and machine learning and data that I'm really looking forward to. Absolutely. You know, um, Raza, I'm curious to understand whether it's for enterprises or SMBs, um, what are some of the things that brands need to be actively thinking about that you feel they're not thinking about, right? You're in this space, you're constantly interacting with different types of retailers, you're working with them on solving different problems. But um, in general, as a pattern, do you see anything that retailers are still uh, not accepting or they're, you know, they're not part of this movement of uh, going, for, you know, a lot more digital, like how, what, what is the feedback in general? What is happening out there with your customers on ground? So, so I think um, in a post COVID scenario, everyone's sort of scrambling to come online and uh, at least establish basic hygiene. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think there's still very much sort of um, um, in t with the constant sort of back and forth with respect to lockdowns and you know the uncertain future of retail or offline retail. I think that there's still a lot of confusion on um, where uh, in the short term and in the medium term, the majority of uh, sales and investments are gonna continue to come from, at least in our market. Um, especially within verticals like fashion. That being said, I think there is a much greater level of interest in e-commerce, which is great. Um, I think there is still a limited appetite to experiment, which is unfortunate because I think the brands that do uh, take that risk will uh, see outsized returns um, in terms of uh, a better user experience and potentially uh, much better business metrics. Um, 
And if I, if I had sort of a wish list, I would, uh, I would probably, or a request, I would say that you are not looking to effectively recreate your offline merchandising efforts online, but rather uh, there's a very real opportunity um, to go above and beyond uh, uh, what you do offline through all on these digital mediums. Uh, I think video holds a great premise. I think uh, personalization of merchandising through solutions like View holds great premise. I think um, there's uh, AR holds potentially great premise as well. So uh, we need to stop uh, worrying about whether uh, as brands, we're just sort of aiming for parity with sort of the offline experience and really start understanding there's a real opportunity to go much further beyond. Right. Because, you know, yesterday I was having a conversation with a different, um, with, you know, another company on just um, what they were working on and they're kind of in the same space as well. And uh, they came back with the same kind of inputs about how the hardest part has been to convince people about why they even need rich content in the first place online. And this is on very heavy crowded marketplaces where things like content make a difference. And um, they were talking about how a lot of it, a lot of times they're asked if, is it the content or is it the rich content on the site that's actually going to, you know, help me boost conversions or is it going to help with ROI? And it's taken they've you know they were talking about how it's taken time for them to convince their um customers and clients as to why they need to invest in these types of technologies and it, it takes time to also show them the impact of it right so have you had any kind of similar experiences where uh you know you've had to consistently work with a client to make them understand that it's not just about switching to online because you had to do so because of covid but it's actually the right kind of next step and it's just like a, a natural kind of progression towards where retail is headed? Look, I, th I think every client is on that journey in their own way. Right. Um, different places on that journey, obviously different starting points. And um, yes, I, I mean, I'd say that with every client, it always starts off with something quite basic, which is, you know, they come to us for something along the lines of uh, uh, photography, but then, you know, once they understand the value or the, they, they, they perceive the need for additional data or content, then the conversation becomes much broader. Um, and, you know, I, I, product content is much more than just photography. It's certainly much more than text. There's tremendous amount of things like metadata as well um, that influences the way we categorize, we showcase our projects, um, um, you know, and I'm, I, I I'm st we've just only scratched the surface, uh, surface here in Pakistan. There are questions that need to be answered from a business perspective that the data just today isn't ready to do so, but um, we'll, be, we'll be able to help once the brands start asking those questions. All right, so I think, you know, we've covered quite a few different areas that, um, you know, we wanted to talk about. I'm going to touch a little bit upon just what you're doing with you in depth, right? Like, how do you see this partnership growing and why do you feel like it's important to partner with companies like View or any other partners you may have, um, you know, to solve these problems for retailers? We can't do everything ourselves and we believe in the value uh, that real partnerships bring. 
And uh, I think in view, we have the potential to build a significant partnership that really brings um, the value and power of artificial intelligence um, to solve for many problems, uh, um, many problems known and unknown for sort of uh, our clients here in Pakistan. And we're sort of looking forward to helping them leverage, um, you know, the tremendous potential of these sort of game-changing uh, new solutions, whether it's view model, view tag, uh, and others to really help grow their business. And I think that's uh, that's the beauty of it. It really is a partnership that's committed towards um, driving real growth and value for our shared clientele. Absolutely. Thank you for the kind words. And of course, you know, as a company, we're also looking forward to see where the story goes with Brandworth. So we're really excited. Um, I have one last question before we wrap up the podcast. So sure. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, just customer experience. Obviously, that term, again, a lot of terms in retail today are extremely broad, but it's constantly talked about as well. Every time you're reading, you know, an interview about a brand or what they decide to do, um, every everything they talk about in terms of strategy seems to be centered around customer experience, the best customer experience, delivering extremely delightful experiences. But if you had to, um, you know, tell brands what to pay attention to, what would, you know, be those three to four things that you would tell brands, listen, don't compromise on these particular aspects of your business. What would you, um, what would you advise brands? Okay, I think the easiest and first one is definitely you can't invest enough in the presentation of your products because especially when you're selling online because you know when you're selling online, your customers can't see, touch, feel your product the way they do it offline. Um, so there's a tremendous trust gap and what that content really works to do is bridge that trust gap, uh, that deficit, if that's the way you want to call it. And, um, that's what helps drives conversion. If your content is great, the customer will make that leap of faith over that gap and convert. If it's something that just doesn't uh, satisfy the doubt or the amount of doubt in a customer's mind, you'll never get anywhere. So invest heavily in content. I think uh, number two, make a serious effort, concerted effort to listen to your customers. Uh, I don't think brands do that often enough. They sort of off, uh, especially um, folks uh, that are sort of a little away from the front lines, they don't solicit uh, the voice of the customer enough. And I think that's definitely something that needs to be incorporated into every element of how our organization works, whether it's uh, the design, the product development, marketing, uh, even the operation side of things. So that's number two. And number three, I think, um, don't, you know, don't set the bar low, right? Um, I like to think of, uh, you know, you could say that you're working on customer experience and you're engineering a use a positive user experience or improved user experience, but really that doesn't really, that's not, that's not aspirational. And uh, I like to think that organizations that are uh, very, very customer centric, they aspire not to just provide a great user experience, but they say that we want to delight our customers. We want to uh, amaze them. We want to inspire loyalty. We want to inspire trust. And um, 
if your goal when you're designing an experience is not to design a good experience, but one to uh, delight a customer, I think the output and um, what you end up rolling out or shipping is typically vastly different from when you're just trying to design for a good user experience. So that would be, those would be my three thoughts. Absolutely. Those are extremely valuable lessons, I feel, for brands. And I think you touched upon very relevant ones that actually apply to both, uh, you know, enterprise, SMB, wherever they are on their journey. I think, um, I think product presentations can never, like you pointed out, I don't think you can ever invest enough in that because it's also the kind of thing that keeps evolving. Um, it's not like if you got it right once that that sticks forever. It's constantly dependent on, you know, how consumers want things and what they're looking out for as well. So absolutely hear you there. I think uh, that's, uh, you know, that's kind of brought us to the end of our podcast, Raza. And uh, we had, I think we had a pretty good conversation in terms of just overall what Brandless is doing and um, just this interesting space that you're working with in retail. And we're looking forward to see how that goes. And of course, very excited for the partnership with Vira.ai as well. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Look forward to, uh, uh, building upon it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Raza. For more information and more episodes like these, you can log into view.ai and check out our podcasts in our resources section. Thank you. And until then, bye-bye.